Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. I'm a systematic teacher and I can't seem to get away from series or can't get away from taking scripture and dissecting it both exegetically as well as extemporaneously and expositorially. You you might wonder what that means. And those are the different ways in which we present the word of God here at Grace for the Nations Church. Some of our teachers are, are teachers who dig in and they exegete the scripture. And then some of our teachers are what you would call extemporaneous teachers and they can speak from their head and their heart of what the scripture is saying at that moment. And then there are others who will teach expository And those are the teachers that will go in and dig out isolated passages of scripture that we can apply immediately to our lives in isolation. Now, it's called context. Everybody say context. Context means that you can take it and put it in context and put it out of context. If someone came in here in a chicken suit, you know, right now waving, you know, a banner that says happy birthday to you and it's not your birthday, that's out of context. But on your birthday, you know, it could be chicken suits and banners all day long because that would be in context. What I'd like to do is share with you um, for this particular study um, in context passages of scripture that relate to launching, relate to launching. I have to do a quick review, do just a little bit to review where we were. Let's go to the book of Luke. That's where we were, the book of Luke, the fifth chapter. The fifth chapter, the book of Luke, we're not going to read all 11 verses. In fact, I'm isolating just a few of them to put them in context. Somebody say in context. And so the context in which we're looking at Luke has to do with launch month. We said launch out in the last message that I preached. Fourth verse says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we've toiled all night. Caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, let we will let down the net. We will let down the net. Two things stand out really quickly. They caught it in South Africa when I was teaching leadership from this in context. The word nets is plural in the fourth, fourth verse, and the word net is singular in the fifth verse. Okay? So um, that's not a typo, and it's not something that we can hang a whole theological uh, reference point on, but it's worth observing Uh, Jesus' instruction was to let down your nets, multiple ways or opportunities to catch your draught. And Peter's response was, okay, I'll let down one. Now, we know that Peter was always somewhat excused, quote unquote, because God had choice of him and Jesus had some plans for Peter's life. In fact, he told Peter one day, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fail you not. And when you become restored, when you get converted totally, strengthen your brothers. And so he also knew that Peter was going to be the one that he would build his church upon. On a particular instance, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they all responded variously. And Peter said, by the power of the Holy Ghost, it wasn't flesh and blood who revealed it. But you are the Christ. It wasn't flesh and blood that told him this. He said, but you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so Jesus responded. And that's when Simon's name was changed from Peter, from Simon to Peter, from Simon to Peter. Because some of you might be looking at it and going, Simon, he said, Simon answered, why are you talking about Peter? Look at somebody say, same guy, but different. You see, you're the same person that you were before you got saved, but there's something different about you. All right? The difference is you have an opportunity. You might have seized that moment. We'll have repeated opportunities to, like Peter, launch. 
I even went and did some cross-references in the book of Mark. We won't go there. There are some references of Jesus literally asking them had they caught any fish in another instance. Peter had gone fishing, and he took the twins with him. Thomas had a twin brother, and um, they went fishing as well as the sons of Zebedee. They went fishing, and Jesus asked them from the shore, have you caught any fish? And they says, no, we didn't catch anything. He says, well, throw your net out on the right side of the boat. I'm paraphrasing this because I'm showing you contextually where Jesus is showing us something as it relates to launching, not the nets. Most of us would put the emphasis on the nets when the whole concept is launching. The reason I'm bringing launching to your attention is because launch month is what the Lord gave me for the month of October to share with you. And we're not just launching, but we're launching into deep waters, deep waters. You can launch in a bathtub, but you won't get very far. You can launch in a bathtub, but you won't get very far. But if you're going to launch on a spiritual level, you got to know what it means to go deep. Our focus for this entire year has been on navigating the kingdom. We're kingdom navigators, and we have a hope inside of us, which I sensed it today. We have a hope inside of us that goes beyond our immediate circumstances, and it goes deep. My hope runs deep. My love for God and God's people runs deep. My desire for revelation of the word of God runs deep deep. So you're not dealing with surface-oriented Christians. That's why it's so difficult and challenging for some people to really catch on here, particularly, is because we're so deep. Doesn't make us better, just makes us deep. Doesn't make us special, just makes us deep. There's shallow, and then there's deep. There's petty, and then there's purposed. There's significant, and then there's insignificant. I believe that God has called us to deep waters, and as we launch, and as you think about this message on launch, you're not thinking of it as some surface message. You're thinking about something that will go deep into the existence of your being so that you can be changed. What are you going to become? Changed. God is calling you to become a little bit deeper. I want to challenge you to deep waters. I want to challenge you to go beyond the surface where you can no longer fill the bottom. You see, standing in waters where you can fill the bottom is not deep no matter how tall you are. Because if you can feel the bottom, it's not deep enough. If you can stand with your feet on the bottom, you can be rooted and planted and decide that you're not gonna be moved by anything, then it's too, it's, 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 it's too shallow. We gotta get to a place now where we gotta begin to trust God. We gotta get to a place where we can rely that something other than where I am is where I'm supposed to be. Because if where you are was the end of it, then how is that working for you? If this was it in the kingdom, if this was all that God had for me, if this was everything pertaining to being saved and sanctified, and this was it, then, then, then what else is there? And so I want to challenge you to think about the fact that God is calling us to deeper places, deeper waters, deeper existences, and I'll tell you why. We'll go to the book of Proverbs in context, looking at Proverbs 20, verse 4 and 5. Sluggards don't plow in the right season. When the Spirit of God was moving... There were people who were being sluggard-like because it was time to start plowing and digging deeper. You know that stuff that you're going to be dealing with next week? I'd have been bringing all that up to God just a few minutes ago. I'd have been like, God, and then work this out and fix that, and I'm here for you, Lord, and you're here for me. I mean, plow in your season as it relates to the natural. These seasons that are referred to in Proverbs are like the natural seasons. Now would be a great time for the farmers to plow up what they have already harvest and now preparing ground for the next season. At harvest time, those who don't plow don't find anything. If you've not sown anything, you've not plowed and planted, when it comes time for harvest, you'll get nothing. And it kind of goes with what the disciples had experienced when they were on that boat. They was, they was fishing all night long and 
Jesus comes and says, cast out, you know, let's go out into the deep. And it says, well, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. People have spent their whole lives just going to church, hitting and missing, and they've caught nothing. They've achieved not very much. They've struggled and battled with the jealousy of other people obtaining the things that they thought they should have. And God is not a respect of persons, but he surely won't accidentally give me your blessings or give you mine. So God knows what he's thinking. The prayer focus was right. You know, God knows exactly what he's thinking toward you. And he's got something specific, but it's not here on the shore. It's in deep places. And the deep places is spiritual more than it is natural. The deep places require that we pray a little longer. We are more faithful and dedicated to prayer times, fastings, that we go a little longer in studying or reading the word, that we are more willing to reach out and, and praise the, the Lord while we can physically as opposed to being stagnant or just standing around looking at everybody else get excited. So we got to grow a little bit deeper in order to reap in our seasons of harvest. Everybody loves the season of harvest. Everybody wants to reap something. But if you sow nothing, you reap nothing. If you sow something, you not only reap something, but you reap it pressed down, shaken together, running over. And God shows increase with whatever it is that we sow during our season. Verse number five says that the purposes of a person's heart are deep water. So in translation, it says the things that we have within us are like deep waters. Our purpose, our purpose. What's your purpose? Why are you here? I'm not talking about today. I'm talking on the earth. I'm talking in life. How, why have you made it so many years? 22, 32, 68, 40 years. How, why are you still here? It's not rhetorical and it's not even a, prov a provocative question as much as it is a question to make you think that there's got to be purpose. The Proverbs they tell us through in Ecclesiastes that to everything there is a season. There is a time to every purpose under the heavens. So God has purpose and he has designed for us. Now, where we've missed it oftentimes is that we've come up with our own interpretation of what those purposes are. Because somebody either told us that or we saw somebody else with that uh, because that looked like it would be appealing, but that may not have been for us. What we have to do is go deep enough to find out what is specifically for us. What we have to do is find out with a relationship, a conversation, a dialogue with God, what is it that he wants me to obtain when I cast my nets on the right side of the boat? When I cast my net after I've toiled all this time and I've caught nothing, hear the voice of the Lord. He says, go back out in and where you thought you were not to reap, I have something for you. So in faith, so in faith. In fact, some of us are sowing in tears, but yea, doubtless we shall come again rejoicing, bringing with us the harvest or the sheaves in which God has multiplied. You see, when you plant one seed, you don't just get one piece of fruit. And I'm speaking of this because spiritually, many of us have not sown spiritually. Many of us have not sown into ourselves spiritually to dig deeper. When was the last time you went to Baker and bought a book to feed yourself spiritually? If you're like me, you're reading two or three of them at a time and trying to finish writing another one. But I'm sowing into me spiritually. You see, we missed it up. We, we mixed it up. We thought that sewing into ourselves would be to take a day and go to the spa, get your nails done and, 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 and go get a cup of cappuccino and chill because it's me time. That's not that's not sewing into you. That's not sewing. It's sewing into your flesh. How many thought of that scripture real quick? If you sow into the flesh of the flesh, you'll reap corruption because those nails are going to grow back. That hair they plucked out of your chin is going to be back. You know, no matter whatever, it is, whatever you've done in the natural, you're going to have to battle again. I ain't going to even look over there. I know she's looking at me. I know she's looking at me. She's like, why did you have to go there? 
<laughs> I don't want you to think about this from a deep perspective right now. Think about this from a deeper perspective. Sluggards don't plow. They don't do anything. They don't even come to church regularly. They're not signed up for nothing. They didn't volunteer. They're not in the Bible study. You don't see them in prayer. They're sluggards. Look at somebody and say, don't be a sluggard. What's a sluggard? A sluggard is an animation of a person acting like a slug, and a slug is a snail. It's just this, this living source of globular that just slugs along, eating the leftover bacteria from other parasites. That's a pretty gross picture, isn't it? Why would, why would God allow the scripture to reflect that there are people who act like sluggards? If he's not trying to get a point across to us, that's deeper than the surface. Because we'll justify our actions, our deeds, or our inaction. We'll justify why we didn't do this or why we don't do that. But the bottom line is, does it move like a sluggard? Does it talk like a sluggard? Does it act like a sluggard? Does it smell like a sluggard? Then it's probably a sluggard. Somebody who's not spiritually building themselves up. When we fast, you got to take medicine. Or, I, you know, I'm on a special diet. When we pray, you know, I got to work. So when we think about being sluggards, we've all been guilty of being slowful about something that was important to someone else. But the thing that is important to us, guess what? We're there bright and early. I have absolutely no problem getting up for church. But when it comes to other stuff, it's just so hard for me. It's just kind of a challenge. I remember as a kid, I had no problem getting ready for Cedar Point. Cedar Point, I stay up all night. I mean, it was, that was a three-day experience, and I was only at the park for about six hours, but I was up the day before, I was up during the day at the park, and I was so hyped I was up afterwards. What, what hypes you? What are you getting excited about as it relates to the kingdom of God? That's where you check, check for deepness. I want to show you something. It says that the purposes of, a, of the person's heart are as deep waters. What's, what's in deep waters? What's in deep waters? What's in deep waters? You stop and think about it. What's in deep waters? Somebody says sharks. And you're like, How about just deep stuff? I mean, stuff that doesn't live on the surface lives in deep. Surface equals less than insignificant. You can just shallow, insignificant. When was the last time you tackled some deep stuff in your life? You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616 616- 974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.